Hey, what's going on, fuckers? You having a good week so far? It's Wednesday, so the week isn't even over yet. You still have two days to turn this shit around, or two days to keep the course, you know? Uh, or, you know, sometimes I just have a really shit week, and Wednesday comes around, and it's like, you know what, in for a penny, in for a pound, let's just have a shit week. And then you just endure, and yet you hope that the next week's gonna be better. Uh, that's what I'm doing about the Blues, you know? Played two terrible games against the Sharks, game one and two in the Western Conference Finals. The first game we played like shit, but San Jose also played like shit, and we managed to beat them. Um, neither team deserved to win that game. It was so ugly. And then game two, San Jose came out like a team that wanted to play, and the Blues once again came out and played arguably the worst game they've played all season, uh, including the regular season, which was shocking. And also disappointing because I fucking paid to go. Um, yesterday, I was at work, and Melissa was texting me like, hey, we should see what the tickets are like to the Blues game. And so I checked, and I could get two tickets for like 330 bucks or something like that, and that's really, really cheap for playoff tickets in a city that, you know, people care about the Blues here. You know, it's not a team like the Carolina Hurricanes where it only starts to get near selling out when, you know, they're fucking in the Stanley Cup. Like, people come to these games throughout the entire season. Wow, you, good point to, to stay to stand on, Taylor. Wow. Um, anywho, so bought the fucking tickets. 330 340 bucks for Melissa and I. We go... Probably spend, I don't know, 50 bucks more combined for both of us to get, like, snacks or drinks or whatever we want throughout the game. And I'm one of those people when I go to sporting events, uh, it really fucking bothers me when I go to sporting events with someone and they're, like, hell-bent on not spending any money there. You know, and they're, oh, God, I'm not going to spend $9 on a beer. I'm not going to spend 6 bucks on a hot dog. It's like, well, you're at the fucking game. Yeah, I know. That that tube of meat isn't worth six bucks or six fifty. We all know that. We know that little cup of soda isn't worth four fifty. Just pay for it and stop bitching. What do you want? Either buy it and enjoy it, or just factor it into the cost of the ticket. That's what I do. When I bought when I bought those tickets last night, I was like, all right, the tickets say three thirty with all the fees and everything, but because I want to have a fun day. A fun game. I don't want to be thinking about what I can and can't afford at the fucking game. If I want a $6 hot dog, I'm going to get one. If I want five $6 hot dogs, I'm going to fucking get them. I actually got three $6 hot dogs. I gave one to Melissa, and the other two were my dinner. So there's that. Um, and then a couple beers. Oh, beer's $9.50. Well, yeah, but you just you, you got to deal with it. That these. Do you really think that they could run this place like fucking Costco and give you a, a hot dog for a dollar and a soda for like six cents and they would make any money? No. No, they could not. You know, would you rather have to pay, I don't know, twice the amount for the tickets? Really, you should be thanking all the fuckers who are buying food and drinks at these games because they're subsidizing your laziness to not contribute to the concession economy. That's what's happening here, you cunt. You cunt. You do your part, you know? Bernie Sanders would mandate that every person bought at least two beers at every sporting event, you know? So that the, the ticket cost could be lowered for the common man, you know? People should be forced to pay their fair share, even in sports. Uh, seriously, um, that just, I don't know why it pisses me off so much. When you're, it's understood that you spent a lot of money to go out to a game and you're with someone who makes comments or is like, oh, you bought another, you know, bag of hot nuts, which I actually got last two games ago, bag of hot nuts with cinnamon on them. It was delicious. Um, or they weren't hot nuts. It was like more like warm nuts, like you would get on a plane. Uh, of course they're warm nuts, Taylor. There's no such thing as hot nuts. Hot nuts is not a snack. It's warm nuts. You fucked up and you didn't want to admit it. Anyway, 
Um, so yeah, I'm really fucking stressed out about the Blues right now because this th- they didn't look like a team that even gave a fuck. They honestly looked, and I think I tweeted this exact same thing, they looked drunk. Like, if, if you had told me that they had all been forced to drink, like, two tall boys or six glasses of wine right before the game, I would have believed you. Like, I would have been up in the stands like, holy shit, look at, they're drunk. They are drunk as a skunk and a monk right now. And that is, that's unacceptable. So, I'm really fucking pissed. Uh, at the end of the game, some fans booed because we lost three to, no- or no, we, we were down three to nothing, then they scored on the empty net, so four nothing. Um, I really don't count empty net goals, so they really won three to nothing. Just like we didn't really beat the Stars six to one, we really beat them five to one uh, in Game Seven because empty net goals don't count. I don't think that's a good representation of the game. But regardless, we played so piss poor. Um, game was ending. Of course, Melissa and I, uh, <laughs> we were we got up. I never, I don't like to leave early from games, but there were like twenty seconds left, and we were down by I don't know four three maybe they hadn't scored the empty net goal yet and i just got up and i'm like we're out of here we were near the edge and so we just snuck by the two people and they're like oh leaving early huh it's like yeah yeah i fucking bought the ticket if i wanted to leave in the first period i would leave in the first period i'm not one of those people who makes a big hullabaloo about oh man the real fans would stay the whole game like no no fandom is not a one-way street these athletes should know that it's not a one-way street, and it's something that I don't like. I go to the St. Louis Blues Reddit sometimes and read around, and they were talking about how, like, oh, I would never boo this team, or, oh, that, that that's ridiculous. They've done so well to get to the Western Conference Finals, and they play one bad game, and then you're booing them. It's like, yeah, yeah, I didn't boo. It didn't really cross my mind to boo because it's only game two, so it's not like the series is over or anything, but... If there was a game this entire fucking season where that team deserved to hear boos and frustration from the crowd, it was that game. You know, they need to know that their fans are pissed. Like, that's not fair to the fans when you go, you pay hundreds of dollars, you know, which are paying their salaries, and they don't give a fuck. Like, we showed up for them, they didn't show up for us, and that's aggravating, you know? There would be no team if we didn't all show up and pay you fuckers to play this sport. So you goddamn well better be fucking doing your best to play this sport every time there's a full fucking stadium. Or even if there wasn't a full stadium. I would, God, it pisses me off that this like blind fanaticism that you get from fans of sports. Where it's like, I would never boo, I would never do this, I would always do that. I've been a fan for and I've never seen anything like this. It's just fucking arrogant and narcissistic and shitty. It's like, you know the frustration. Stop trying to Mother Teresa this situation and act like you're immune from the frustration. Because really, the people that I see on that forum, you know, the St. Louis Blues Reddit or the Hockey Reddit saying like, oh, I would never boo. I see them as younger people. Younger people that probably haven't gone through as much frustration or maybe they're fans of a team that has recent success. What they aren't having is they're not fans that have been around for, you know, 15 years pissed not just fans who have like oh yeah i watch a couple blues games fans that are devout devout and devoted and follow the fucking stats every year and that kind of shit like those kind of fans deserve better not just in the in st louis like all over the place and it's shitty when you pay hundreds of dollars and waste an evening to watch those fuckers not even try i think brian elliott uh troy brower and vladimir tarasenko were the only players on our team who even remotely showed up Brower hit the post like three fucking times or something like that, so at least he was trying to get some chances, you know, that's just bad luck, you know, it'll it'll get better, 
that happens, you know? You can't say, oh, we would have won if not for bad luck. No, the Sharks had bad luck, too. That's the nature of the... That's the name of the game. But, good God, when 20 out of the 23 people on the bench, or 19 out of the 22, whatever the fuck, really don't even look like they care, it's pretty upsetting. Pretty upsetting. Uh, especially when I drove, I went from work back to my house to change, um, it through traffic, and then through traffic again back from where I live to uh, the stadium. And then from the stadium, because I stayed for the whole game, sans 20 seconds, um, I left, got stuck in a huge amount of traffic on the way back home, and it's like, holy shit, I just spent 300 and, or we'll say $400 with concessions and stuff, and because I want to exaggerate a little bit, probably like three 370 Spent like 375 bucks tonight and spent... I don't know, two and a half hours in traffic just to watch them not give a fuck. So I'm, I'm angry about it. I'm angry about it, and I, I doesn't make me any less of a fucking fan. If anything, it makes me more of a fan. You know, I saw one person comment where they're like, oh, well, you know, if you, if you, you don't have the right to, to boo if you've ever cheered, and I saw someone else be like, well, it's actually the opposite. You know, the only person who has the right to boo is someone who's been cheering, you know, because I've been on both sides of the coin. I'm not going to boo anyway because I think it, it's kind of it's gauche and it makes you look kind of trashy for the most part, but I, I, it's understandable. And those players needed to fucking hear it. They needed to hear how angry this city is going to fucking be at them if they piss this series away like they have every other fucking year. You know, in that last game they played, that's what they looked like against, like, you know, the fucking Kings in 2012 where they just didn't give a fuck. They couldn't start anything. Their breakout was horrible. Um... Oh, someone messaged me asking if I could explain uh, some hockey rules to them. They were having trouble understanding it, so I would like I'll just do that real quick right now. Um, so an icing is when one player you knock the puck. Actually, I should I, I have an idea for this. So I'm gonna hold off. Uh, maybe when I don't know when NHL 17 comes out, but that'd be a fun way to explain it. You know, that that would be fun if I could explain it while I was playing it, and then you could actually see examples as well because I've got this recording capture card over here but honestly i haven't played any game on xbox in a hot second not at all i haven't played the new call of duty in uh probably probably since about six weeks after it came out two months after it came out uh not not ripping on it not saying it was any shittier than any other call of duty i thought it was way better than advanced warfare um i didn't even mind the whole boosting around thing in this one because it just kind of seemed like they were better jumpers than average not like they were you know zooting and tooting all over um yeah, it's just I, I'm not into that anymore. Uh, maybe I'm just looking at Battlefield One. I'm thinking about getting that just solely because World War One is a really cool war that seems like they don't get any credit. You know, it's just it's not fair. Like it, it's like if it's like the return. If you know when you go rewatch Lord of the Rings, you never go rewatch the first one. You always rewatch the second or the third one because that has the awesome battle. It's just like that. Kinda, a little bit. Anyway, uh, so, sorry to rant on hockey for so long, but this is my fucking podcast, and that's what I care about. Um, <laughs> that's more important to me than anything. I've spent a million times more time looking at stats from hockey players and teams this year than I have looking at Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton's stances, which, to be fair, I still haven't looked at Hillary Clinton's stances at all. Like, it, recently... Especially after the talk with, um, what's his face? Uh, oh my god, Cinema Sins. Uh, Jeremy, after talking with him 
and listening to him and Kyle talk, like I, I kind of started thinking, like, like I knew that Kyle was being hyperbolic about a lot of stuff with Trump, um, but I, I still felt like, okay, I should probably know what the fuck is going on. And so I was looking around, and I saw like a 45-minute video of Donald Trump's foreign policy. And I was like, okay, like if this video doesn't at least give me some feeling about who this guy is, like then I'm done researching this shit because I'm not about to pour hours into this. He's got 45 minutes. I'll listen to this while I'm playing Company Heroes or something, and I'll see if he makes any salient points. Um, honestly, he, it, it, he made a lot of excellent points. A lot of excellent points. I was going into it expecting to hear exactly what you're told Trump says, uh, I thought he was going to be a lot of, a lot of really harsh, you know, maybe like, uh, gendered talk, you know, cause you always hear about how, oh, he's not a big fan of women and whatnot. And then, oh, I thought he might've said something really over the top about Mexicans or illegal immigrants or something like that. And, you know, cause that's what you, you anticipate. Everyone tells you he's going to say something crazy. You know, he's going to be, oh, gee, I'm just going to start screaming about beaners for no reason. And, oh yeah, I'm going to start selling Trump t-shirts that say we, we love beans with a picture of salsa and, and bean dip next to it. Or something like that. You you picture him, because of the way everybody talks about him, to just be the most boisterous, over-the-top, ridiculous shithead. And in a lot of ways, I will admit, he he comes across like that. But this speech, which seemed like one that he was actually taking seriously from a political standpoint, not one where he was trying to rile up uh, you know, a bunch of people into a frenzy of support where they're like, woo, we just fucking love Trump! Um, this one seemed, I don't know who the fuck he was talking to, but it seemed like he was talking to a more, uh, hushed crowd that was more into listening on the actual talking points instead of just hearing about how huge and fantastic and great all of his plans are. Um, which is a critique that I've had of him, uh, or I guess haven't really had it, but it, I don't like it, you know, little clips I'd watched of him before. Um, actually, you know, no, no, that, that's on me. That's on me for not looking deeper. You know, I was about to say that I don't like the fact that the little clips I've watched show him as being a blowhard idiot sometimes, but that's my fault for looking for political knowledge through little clips on YouTube. You can get whatever fucking message you want in a little clip on YouTube. You can make anyone look like a real cunt if you want to. Um, but yeah, I watched this this uh, Trump foreign policy thing, and I really liked pretty much everything he said. Pretty much everything he said. I really liked how he brought in the point, and I've brought it up on fucking PKA before, but I never hear anyone ever talk about it ever in any sphere or any discussion group, is uh, the fact that the United States military budget, which is constantly ripped on and, oh, these goddamn, you know, swinging their big military dick all over the world, Americans spending so much money, you know, all these for other first world, you know, citizens on whatever fucking forum talking shit or Twitter or whatever. Uh, yeah, the only reason you can fucking talk shit from behind your keyboard in, I don't know, uh, Ireland or Norway or Germany or France is because we're here. Because we're fucking here. You think that Russia or China gives a fuck about any of you? You think they're scared of you? No, especially not that the European Union, uh, what was it? This is, I also learned this in the Trump speech, and I checked, and it's true, uh, that only, like, Four out of the, what, 28 countries in the European Union, I don't know how many it is, 20-something, but less than, like, maybe a tenth of them, like 10, 15% of them are spending the minimum required 2% of their their GDP on military defense. And these countries know that the U.S. isn't going to step up and do anything or enforce any sanctions on them uh, because they're not carrying their weight 
as far as defense is concerned. And so, so the U.S. just keeps building up their military, building it up, you know? It's just, it's like they're making fun of, we, we are John Coffey, you know? We're John Coffey, the big black guy who's super friendly and is really an angel, according to Kyle, who's taking care of everybody. But all of them are just mocking us because we, we, we talk different, you know? They're just making fun of us. But, and then and then a big Russian guy is going to come over, kick him in the teeth, and they're going to go, John, John, please help. And we're going to go, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I stopped caring about you. I found a whole other group of friendlies over here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my healing magic on. You know, that was, that, that's arguably the worst example or comparison of anything I've ever made in history. Um, but the point stands that I did like that he brought up the fact that we haven't been good friends with Israel, which is true. Uh, we haven't held other countries that we're supposedly allied with to pay their fair share as far as defending the Western world. Um, and I like that he's a little bit nationalistic, a lot bit nationalistic. I like that he actually has the stance of, hey, uh, if I'm the American president, my modus operandi is going to be improving the life of the American people and keeping them safe. Like, I, I like to hear that. I like to hear that. The, the politicians should be able to say, if a fucking, uh, well, Germany, they couldn't do that anymore because they have to say, oh, no, you know, Merkel, you know, I, I love fucking, you know, all these people coming in and, and hiding stories about our women being raped and on all that, you know. Um, but, you know, if, if the prime minister of Finland came out and was like, you know, or the Netherlands, I guess is a better example. If they came out and were all, you know, I tell you that I am the king of the Netherlands, and so I am going to uh, put the lives of the Netherlands peoples first. And the reason this speech is a little slow is because I ate a cookie right before, and they, I was told it was not a drug cookie, but I ate it anyway, and so I, I am blitzed out of my fucking mind right now. So, anyway, Norwegian, Norwegian, listen to me, how fucking high... Netherlands people, Danish people, we take care of you first. Um, anyway, so <laughs> if Quibble, Quibblecop was the president of wherever the fuck he's from. Um, <laughs> Netherlands, Denmark, I don't know. It's all the same. When countries get that small, it's like, just, just make, a, make a bigger one, right? <laughs> That's what they did with all the states in the far west, like Montana and, and Utah and Wyoming. Like, they saw the shit show that was happening in the northeast where they're like, God damn it, look at this. We got a Rhode Island and a Maryland and a Connecticut Man, we really fucked up with all these little states. Let's just, you know, make a big block, call it Montana, put a Wyoming next to it, fill in all the cracks with Idaho, bada-bing, bada-boom, we got an even 50. Uh, that's what needs to be done uh, <laughs> over there with those countries. But uh, anyway, I, I really didn't expect to like Donald Trump's positions as much as I did, and I know you guys will be like, oh, well, you've been conservative for so long. Yeah, I've been conservative for a while, um, but I still... Like, I, I didn't really, I, I've never, I've never thought that I could, would actually, you know, if I was in the voting booth and it said Trump right there, you know, and I had the little stamp to trumpet or whatever, to trumpet. <laughs> but, um, I, I, until a couple days ago, I was just kind of like, there's no way I could actually do it. I couldn't actually do it. Like, I, I wouldn't want to think about, like, if he did fuck up monumentally and looking back like, oh my God, I can't believe I voted for that dude. But ever since I watched that video, in its entirety, I really tried to pay attention to it, too. Didn't agree with 100% of it, but agreed with most of it, and I think I actually could vote for him now. Because I also decided to give Bernie Sanders a fair shake. And, you know, he's nothing worse than what I've said about him before. You know, I really disagree with him 100% economically. I think he has... 
a tenuous grasp on economics as a whole and really doesn't understand the implications of what he's suggesting to change. Um, Seems like a nice guy, though. You know, I I thought that he seemed like a nice guy until I checked more on to what the campaign is doing now, and he's still collecting tons of money from people. And what's fucked up about it is he went into it kind of saying like, hey, I'm the grassroots for the people guy. I'm not taking a bunch of donations. I'm taking donations from you guys. Or I guess I am taking a ton of donations, but I'm, I'm going to take them in smaller increments. You can't. You can only donate like $3,000 or something, uh, whatever the, the limit is for the regular person. Uh, I'm sure the corporate, corporation can throw way more money at him, but he probably doesn't even need that because of how many people have donated. Um, he s- is spending money left and right. I was looking around, saw that he spent twice as much money in New York as Hillary did. Still got beat pretty handily there. Um, Still spending tons and tons of money. And the people on the Sanders for President, or Bernie for President, or whatever, uh, Reddit forum, which I read around. I don't don't contribute to it, obviously, and I don't ever start shit there because I don't want to. It's not my place. Uh, But I look around to kind of try and get my finger on the pulse of those people and I'm still seeing fucking comments of like, hey, I donated 600 bucks and maxed out my credit card for Bernie. You should too. And it's like, holy shit. Like, this is, it's like May 16th or whatever the fuck date it was I was reading that. Like, this guy doesn't have a chance. It's over. It's fucking over. All you're doing is giving money to him that's going to end up either in his retirement fund for his kids or directly helping Hillary. Because he's not going to run as an independent, and he's not going to make any changes with that money. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? You're just throwing it away because of feelings, emotion, and ideas that have no basis in reality. It's like, that's fucked up to be this far in a campaign and still collecting money like that when you know there is no chance. He has no chance of, of winning. And he's still pulling money from these people. Not to say that you know they're at fault as much as him. If not more so, because they're the idiots still donating. He's not begging for it, I guess. Um, well, I guess I guess he has been begging for it and, and trying to get more money. He's got a ton of money, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and just go, I don't know. It, it's just a, a funny little thing where it's like, we got to get money out of politics, and then he ends up spending more money than, than Hillary in multiple states and still gets blown out. Just like Cruz. Cruz outspent Trump in a lot of states, still got blown out. Um, I... I no, but I understand his his meaning of we want to get corporate money out of politics, which is true. I understand that. Uh, that's a good point that he makes. But you know, you you kind of shoot yourself in the foot when you're talking about getting money out of politics, and then you spend more than your uh, competition at most turns. You know, kind of kind of goes against your your core core belief there. I guess I don't know. Uh, that you shouldn't be able to buy elections. I, he still seems like a good guy. Like, I, I don't ever look at him and think that he's being a malicious cunt and, like, going back behind the curtain and, like, wringing his hands like, yes, yes, fools! Like, no, he's not, I don't think he's doing that. I just think that he is not that bright of a guy, if I'm being honest, and he has no understanding of how small businesses work, no understanding of the economy, uh, which isn't necessarily his fault. He's a career politician. He's He hasn't ever had to learn about how to survive in the open market. He, the only experience he has with running a quote-unquote business is in the government. And you can't fail your business in the government because there's no competition, which is why the DMV can suck ass. Uh, also why we had a privately 
managed DMV near me uh, for like a decade, and I would always go there to get my DMV shit done because they were fast, they were punctual, and they got it done. Uh, they replaced that with another public DMV while I lived in Idaho and I moved back. And when I went to get my Missouri license again, uh, it was a fucking shit show, a disaster because those people can't get fired. You can't complain and there's no accountability. Like you want a little privatization there, right? Don't you? I don't know. Now I'm just off on a tangent, but I gotta, I gotta pull it back to, back to reality here. Uh, <laughs> oh, have you guys heard about the story? Of Cain and Abel. I was going to save it for PKA. But I thought, you know, this this really doesn't have any moral uh, relevance right now. But I thought of it, and so I'm going to burn it, you know? Fuck those guys trying to steal all my Bible stories. Can you believe... Have you guys been noticing that too? Those fuckers over there are trying to lead me into a Bible story every week now as if these things just grow on trees. No. The only thing that grows on trees around here is fruit that will ruin your descendants' livelihoods and send them to hell for eternity. There is nothing like a, a great Bible story that grows on a tree, and they're trying to get me to spend them all on PKA, and I'm just not going to have it. I'm not going to stand for it. So you're getting this one right now. Um, this is one. It's actually uh, covered in the Muslim faith as well as the Christian faith. It's a little different. I don't know the Muslim version uh, other than, like, the beginning is the same, I guess. But also, this story is very, very close to the beginning of the book. So, I don't really think anybody had gone rogue yet. Um, anyway, so Cain and Abel, two brothers. Two brothers living in ancient times. The sons of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, if you didn't know, they were the ones who God created them. First, long story short, this is for another time, uh, like a prequel. Adam and Eve in the garden. Eventually, they get into a bit of a kerfuffle. Um, God is not happy about it and says, Eve, you're going to have a lot of trouble pushing kids out of your cooch for all eternity. And Adam, you're going to have to listen to this bitch complain about it. And you're going to have to support her kids and really not be appreciated. And your hands are going to be sore because it's hot and, and it's it's really shitty in this world everywhere. But this one place that I made that was great that you're not, not allowed into anymore. Um, and so they were both like, fuck, this sucks. All right. And so they leave. They start their own farm, um, which, which is so silly to me. Like, think about that. God made the Garden of Eden, which is dope. It's super dope. It's the best oasis to have ever existed ever, purportedly. You know, maybe God's tooting his own horn. Um, but I'm sure it was a lot of fun. And then the only two people that live there, the only tenants, piss him off so much that he kicks them out. And then they have to go start, like, a dirt farm somewhere. But what you don't realize is, like, I think of God as being, like, playing The Sims. And he's got this really cool palace that he built, you know, with this awesome oasis and everything for his uh, NPCs. But, or I guess they are playable characters. and But they're not even there. He's making them toil on a shitty-looking, aesthetically unpleasing dirt farm three miles away while he looks at this this oasis just diminishing in value, you know? I, I, I never understood that. I feel like God would at least give him more chances because he would think, like, hey, I went through all the time of making this fucking oasis. I can at least make, like, a, an oasis tier level where it's like, all right, you're not in the top oasis tier. I'm moving you down one. Uh, you know, three infractions there, and you get moved over adjacently to, uh, like, the level three oasis. And then eventually, if you really fuck up, you eventually get down to, like, the dirt farm. But I think that going straight from paradise to a dirt farm, uh, especially for the first people to have ever existed, was probably a little harsh. Um, regardless, regardless, they're out there toiling and Adam goes, all right, 
maybe God's going to be a little happier if we pump out some kids. He really wants this whole Earth thing to get up and running. Uh, so they do. They they pump out a couple kids. They never specify in the Bible like what order they were having kids. And so when I was a little kid, I used to ask, like, so Cain and Abel were the first two people ever born, right? And they were like, well, you don't know because later in the book it says that Cain was a city builder, which implies that there had to be more people. And then I was like, okay, so the only explanation other than that would be that Adam and Eve had tens of thousands of children before Cain and Abel, and none of them made the cut. You know, there were a lot of Rachels and Steves and Isaacs and and Jacobs roaming about before Jesus finally saw the Cain and Abel twins and was like, that, that's what I want. That's what I fucking want. Uh, so uh, anyway, they have Cain and Abel. They're growing up brothers. For the sake of this, I'm going to assume that it's just four people on the planet, you know, a real sausage fest. Uh <laughs> Because it doesn't make any sense to assume there's already cities of their children living elsewhere. Um, so they're just living together, loving God, uh, a little bit resentful, you know, not happy about getting kicked out of the, the garden. But Cain and Abel don't know anything about the garden other than it was pretty sweet. But, you know, they, don't, they can't remember it, so they're not as pissed. Uh, they've only ever known the dirt farm. So God, at this point, still chit-chats with all four of them. So it's like a sitcom almost. Um, like a Seinfeld with someone screaming down who's benevolent. Uh, or not so much benevolent as just kind of fickle. Um, <laughs> and so they're all hanging out. Adam, Eve, in the house, making dinner. Cain and Abel. Cain is a farmer. He farms plants. You know, he's got corn. He's got peas. Other vegetables. Assorted fruits, maybe. I don't know. Abel... It was the meat man. He was Mr. Meat. He had the lambs. He had the donkeys. Anybody want some beef? Oh, Abel's your man. Thank God for him. Uh, best butcher in the world at this point. <laughs> Bar none. Best one in the world. And for some reason, they were both like, all right, it's been, it's been a couple weeks. We haven't sacrificed anything to God. Let's, let's round up the best of what we got, burn it for God, sacrifice it to him, and he'll be really happy with us. And they both go, all right, Cain goes on over to his uh, his fucking farm, chops down the best bits of corn, the best soybeans, the best beets, you know, all of the, the, the colorful stuff. Like, this wasn't your... This was not the vegetables that come on the Big Mac. These are the vegetables that are on the poster for the Big Mac. He was like, you know, you're, I'm, not, I'm, I'm taking the best carrots, I'm taking the best potatoes, all of it. Puts it down, gets, shows it to God and goes, hey... You know, look at this. This is pretty great, right? Just as that's happening, Abel comes over, and Abel's brought, like, the firstborn of every one of his livestock's kids. And he's like, hey, God, I'm about to take this knife and slit, like, all eight of these animals' throats and let them bleed out right here because I think you're dope, I appreciate you, and I got your back. And God is watching both of them. And at first, God was like, he looked over at, at Cain's plants, and he wasn't, like, psyched about it. Like, it's kind of like when someone brings, I don't know, what's a good example? It's like when someone brings vegetables and ranch dip to a grill party, or, you know, you're watching the game at your house, and uh, you have some friends over, and somebody brings beer, somebody brings chips, and somebody brings, like, uh, fucking carrots to dip. It's like, uh, you, you, fuck you. Like, you, kn you knew that we didn't want this. You knew none of us wanted this, and yet here you are. And that's exactly what God did. 
God looked down at Cain's offering, basically like spit at him in frustration and was like, this is some bullshit. I don't want plants. You knew that I didn't want plants and you still got me plants. He looks over to Abel and Abel by now is cutting the fourth head off of one of those lamb children and God's like loving it, masturbating up there to the thought of that that warm blood seeping into his earth, his dirt farm. Uh, He loves that stuff. Like old school, Old Testament God uh, was a tribal blood cult that demanded sacrifices. And so that's not uh, bashing it or being some like, oh, I'm fucking enlightened and what that. It's just the fucking facts. Read the book. Um, So Cain is livid. Cain is more upset than he's ever been in his life. He didn't even know you could be this mad at someone. He's At first, he's mad at God, but then he's mad at Abel. He's looking over at Abel and just seething with anger. Cut to black. You know, it's the next scene. God talks to Cain, the guy whose plans he didn't like. And God, after this whole thing, had the fucking audacity to tell Cain, like, why are you so pissed off, man? You knew I wouldn't like it. Like, that's that's not exactly what God said, but it was real close to that, and you have got to know that that was pretty condescending. You know, God, first of all, anytime God asks you a question, he's just being a real cunt, because he knows the answer. Oh, why are you so pissed off? Oh, I don't know, God. Why don't you tell me why I'm pissed off? You put me in charge of the fucking corn, and then when I bring you the corn, the best corn, you're, you're taking all of his goat blood over it, even though you're the one who gave him control of the goats. This is horseshit. You know why I'm mad. This isn't fair. And so God kind of just goes, all right, chill out, dude. This, you, you are so pissed off for no reason. You knew I wouldn't like it. Stop acting like you thought I would like this present. You know too much about me to think I would like this present. And so for you pretending that you think that I would like this present is actually really hurtful, Cain, after everything I've done for you. So I'm going to go hang out with Abel some more. And you just talk to me again when you get some fucking animals with blood in them. Uh, really sassy talking, talking back and forth. This, God did not do this in later seasons. He only does this very early. Um, where he directly contacts the, the his his players, so Cain just as irate goes over to Abel, tells Abel, "Hey, come with me to this field. We should get more stuff to sacrifice to God." And Abel's like, "Well, but we just did that." And Cain's like, "Oh, whatever. You know, just just come with me. That's the point. The point of this is come with me. You shouldn't be suspicious. There's no such thing as murder yet. Come on." Um, and so they're headed out to the field, and when they're way out in the field to where Cain thinks that God can't see. Uh, Cain kills him. Just, boom! Kills his own brother. Abel's dead. Abel is dead. And Cain knows that God is going to find out. Because immediately after he kills Abel, he's just like collapses and is like, oh, fuck! Like, there's only, there were four people on the planet, and now there's three. That's... That's a 25% decrease in one day. The guy, he's going to fucking notice. Like, he, even if he doesn't know our names yet, he's going to know. One, two, three, I have a fourth. Where is he? Oh, I checked the whole world. He's dead over there. Fuck you, Cain. And so he's, he's terrified. Um, I can go into this next part a little more later, like a part two thing. But suffice it to say that Cain was cursed, you know, called the Mark of Cain. A lot of people thought that means that he was black. I don't know what that means. Um, I know what it means to be black. I just didn't think that that's what the mark of Cain meant. It was basically saying that, hey, don't kill this guy because he's destined for suffering. So maybe it was like a swastika on his forehead or something. Um, 
Anyway, God sends Cain away. Says that Cain is like a city builder and whatnot and has a pretty successful life. Uh, but it comes off more that Cain lived a life of like a real estate entrepreneur. And even though he made a lot of money and was successful, uh, he never could quite get over the fact that he knew God hated him and he was going to burn for all eternity in hell as soon as he died. Um, that would put a damper on any plan. But uh, yeah, Cain was the first murderer and Abel the first murder victim. So there you go. That uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I got more of that right than I got the Job story right. And actually, I got the Job story pretty spot on, aside from the last part where someone's like, oh, Job got his stuff back twofold, so it was really okay, but it's like, no, he fucking didn't. I guarantee he, even if he got twice as many fucking cows and goats in a bigger house, he still wasn't happy knowing that his entire family was murdered and crushed under the rubble, you know, covered in boils. Probably wasn't happy about that. Even worse than that is if God just sent back, like, two versions of all his kids. Now it's just upsetting and, like, a zombie scenario, and, and nobody wins. Now now people dislike you even more on the block. But I guess you need that. You need more kids to take care of your bigger farm. Um, but I don't think they gave him more kids. Probably just more slaves, because slavery was cool at the time. Um, anywho, let's get to some questions. Because because that was... Yeah, I just took a long, long time to get nowhere right there. But, um, anywho... Hopefully you enjoyed that. Leave, leave a comment with more Bible stories that you guys want to hear about, you know? And keep in mind, I will not research them, and I will not look into the facts of what is written down in that book. I'm going to go by memory, and I'm going to stand by whatever I say. Because, I mean, like, it, most of these are pretty close. I, I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm, I'm pretty close to most of these stories. Um, all right. Man, in the last Truly Terrible, you talked about high school and stuff, and how it's only like time... And how it's the only, like, time to have a good time. And that fucking killed me, man. I moved back to Israel in what would be the start of sophomore year in the U.S. And it, I just didn't fit in. I'm not like an internet basement dweller. Uh, I'm decently charismatic, smart, funny. When I moved, I was athletic and stuff. But I just don't fucking fit in. And now it's the end of senior year. I'm still a fucking virgin. Uh, literally the last time a girl I kissed a girl was back in Kiev, where I used to live. And that day I got five chicks in the same day to make out with me. That was a good time over there. Uh, I barely have any friends. My athletic ability has dwindled and I'm about to graduate and enlist in the army. I feel like I'm wasting all of my... I feel like I wasted all my fucking high school years and now it's too late. Jesus, how did all these three years pass without me kissing a fucking girl once? Uh, man, I don't know what to do anymore. If you have any advice, that would be cool. Uh, guess I just wanted to vent. Was a fan since early Black Ops 1 days. Love ya. If you leave like you did before, you started truly terrible, I will fly to Missouri and buttfuck you. Uh, keep up the good shit, man. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, for some of that. Some of it wasn't, wasn't thankworthy. But, um, just like I've said that high school is a time where you can have a lot of fun, it, it's also not the end-all, be-all of fun. You know? Uh, the, there is a middle ground there that you don't really see when you're in the moment. I didn't see it when I was in the moment. Um, it, it always seemed like it was like, I gotta be one of the party people, the, the kids going out, getting shit-faced and partying all the time, or I gotta be one of the straight-laced, you know, do your homework early in the night and go to bed early kind of kids. Um, there's a lot of middle ground there, and I didn't really figure that out until my senior year. Um, but, regardless, it, nothing I, I'm, I'm, I, you are venting. Nothing I say right now is gonna make you feel any better, probably. Um, that's not a good way to lead into advice, Taylor. You fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, nothing's gonna help. Uh, fuck you. Uh, you're still a fucking virgin somehow. Uh, literally the last time you kissed a girl was back in Kiev where you used to live. Okay, so what, dude? 
So you're like, what, 17, 18? Yeah, that's senior year of high school, right? 17, 18. You're still a virgin. Um, that's, not, that's not a huge deal, you know? There are tons of people in high school who are still virgins. Um, I don't know. I remember on PKA, and it may be a PKA stat, I don't remember, but it looked up like the average age of someone losing their virginity. And I want to say that male was like 17 or something and female was like 16 because we thought it was going to be earlier, but it actually ended up being later. And I think what that is a result of is the people who are having sex, you know, when they're fucking 14 and 15 tend to really talk about it a lot because that's part of their identity at that time. So you get that in, you get it in your head early that, oh man, everybody's always having more sex than me and everybody's getting laid and getting blown and making out way more than me. And you get yourself in that mindset. Um, and it's not the case. It's really not the case. Yeah, you might be getting way less action than some of the guys you're around, um, but you are certainly not abnormal for being a virgin or not getting, you know, blown regularly or something like that at your age. It's not. Uh, it's very easy to believe that based on how your friends who are seemingly, you know, living it up are going to uh, articulate it to you. But, you know, the grass is always greener. And at this age, when, you know, being sexually active is quote unquote way cooler than having sex, you know, you don't hear like 33 year olds being like, oh man, I got fucking laid last. Like, you just don't hear that because it's not quote unquote cool anymore for the most part. It's like everybody still wants to have sex. But they, it's just, you, you don't talk about it that way. Um, so really, it's just a selective, not selective, it's a small sample size. A small sample size of people your age that you're drawing all these opinions about sex from. Um, really, this is like a, a slump buster kind of thing. Because everybody has been in slumps where they just feel, not everybody, every guy out there has been in a slump where they can't, they feel like they can't get laid and they're having no luck with women. And once you just get that first foot in the door suddenly the confidence is built and you're putting off a different vibe that just intrinsically makes you more attractive and you can you know the whole confidence thing is so fucking trite but there's a reason that it's so fucking trite because it is so fucking true it's so fucking true and it's not just about getting laid or anything if you act confidently you speak clearly you speak confidently people respond to that and people respect you for it and they're going to give you uh the benefit of the doubt in situations if you hold yourself like that um and you know that's hard to do i don't do that all the time even even most of the time probably not i could i could do that better um regardless though this isn't fucking about me taylor you selfish cunt this is about this is about uh this guy in israel trying to get his dick wet um i would say i mean there's no advice here man i don't know how this works in israel i have no idea no idea are you in israel right now or are you yeah you moved back to israel i don't know if there's like a way more like social customs and it's way harder to get laid um, yeah, okay, let me say that. Everything I just said came from the perspective of someone in the United States. So, I have no idea what it's like in Israel. But, just go out there and be social, dude. That's all there is to it. Go out there and be social. And find ways to, to invite yourself places. Organize group fun things. I don't know what you guys do in Israel for fun. Uh, a nice dreidel convention comes to town. You can you bring up a couple girls there. Um, I don't know. The dollar store. Maybe a great sale at Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know man i'm sorry but good luck uh th there's nothing i can say that's really going to help you but just know that the feelings you're feeling right now have been felt by every guy in the world at least once that oh my god i'm just in such a dry spell i can't get anything it's gonna last forever i'm so fucking horny it's never gonna end every guy has felt like that you're not alone and it's gonna get better
even though you're not gay. Um, hey, Taylor, love the podcast and you on PKA. Need some advice. I'm 17. And thanks to genetics, my hair is falling out. And it's noticeable. And it's noticeable. What should I do? I'm starting to get self-conscious about it. I plan to join the military, so getting a short haircut is not really a problem. But it won't be for a few years. Any advice would be much appreciated. Um, man, that sucks, dude. Uh, I know. I knew at least two guys. No, yeah, at one one guy in my high school class really started losing his hair senior year. So I guess seventeen years old. And another guy went just started going like t- totally gray. Like he didn't, he wasn't losing any hair, but he was going like he was almost half gray. Like his hair looked like that of like a fifty-two-year-old man by the time he was eighteen. And so that's another problem you could have. You thankfully you don't have that one. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you prefer gray hair to no hair. Um, if you're joining the military, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But you know, you're seventeen. Everybody wants to have hair when they're seventeen. Um, advice to you: If I started to go bald and it was really noticeable, I would get ahead of that curve, my friend. Go shave your head before people can make bald jokes. You know, and then if they're like, "Why? Why'd you shave your head?" Just, oh yeah, eh, I was losing my hair. I think it looks better like this. And then, and then it's a non, then it's a non-story. Then it's a non-story. If you let that little half circle of hope linger about, and you just see that like peninsula of you know alopecia or whatever right on the middle of your fucking head like it's just not gonna look good and that that is what in my opinion that looks a million times worse than someone who just shaves their head and is just like this is who i am i'm fucking bald now and so i shave my head fuck you if you don't like it like that comes off as confident to me and it would especially come off as confident to me from a 17 year old guy who was confident enough to embrace that and be like yeah i'm going bald can't do anything about it i'm not gonna go to the fucking doctor and get hair plugs or something i don't care i'm just shaving my head fuck it like that's the that's the play, sir. Hey Taylor, my girlfriend and I had some ideas for your Bible story. Oh, uh, in no, for, I, my girlfriend and I had some ideas for your Bible story time. Thank you. It's crazy you, you did this before I even asked. In no particular order, uh, Cain and Abel. Well, I got that for you. Um, you spelled Abel wrong. The story about of Jericho. The story of Moses and Jonah. Uh, my girlfriend grew up going to Christian schools and since then has become atheist. We're both twenty three. She also has quite a few more ideas for some ridiculous Bible stories if you run out of ideas again. We bl- both love the way you present the absurdity of the stories, and we hope you keep going with it. We love you on PKA and Truly Terrible. Wish you the best from uh, two names, a guy and a girl. I won't say their names because I didn't say it was okay. But um, anyway, thank you very much there. Yeah, give me some more suggestions if you got good Bible stories for me. Um, there really are so many good ones. So many good ones. At least 50. At least 50. To, to hash through probably more some of the best bible stories are ones that and this is what's interesting like you gave me a couple of like the the big hitters there you know cain and abel story of jericho moses jonah those are some of the the titans the biggins people don't know you know you get into the the middle to later part of the old testament where you get to the the minor and major prophets you know elijah elisha um zedekiah zachariah malachi all those fuckers all of them hebediah Hezbediah, what, what, one, of them, one of them starts with an H and I don't remember. Um, that's where you get some really interesting stories. So I'll be bringing those up as, uh, as surprise guests. Uh, hey Taylor, I'm the one who sent you Ch- Kyle and Chiz, Company of Heroes, two codes. I already messed, oh, okay. Let's see. Oh, I thought this was, this is just a question for the podcast. Well, anyway, uh, I messaged you on Steam, uh, and Twitter about it, but that's not why I, I'm messaging you. I got a question for your podcast. All right, well, now I gotta fucking find you there, you, you included your Steam name. I'm going to 
put that yeah i'm copying that right now so i can add to you because thank you very much that was super super nice of you to give me and kyle that game um he's really really way more into it than i am um and th not that i don't like it or anything i think it's a really fun game uh, i still prefer age of mythology more because age of mythology you have a lot more control um, I feel like you have a lot more micro control over your economy and over the entire overarching, you know, civilization you're constructing. Whereas in Company of Heroes 2, it's more like you're, you're kind of, you're, you're passively getting resources based on points that you're holding. So it's not like, fuck, we need more fuel right now. Divert all of our, you know, munition sections over to fuel. And you get more fuel. Like, it's just, well, I guess I gotta wait three minutes until I can buy this. Uh, and I don't really like that as much. I don't like it as much at all. Um, but it's still a very fun game in its own way. Uh, anyway, anyway, sorry about that. Got off on a tangent. Thank you so much for that game. I really appreciate it. Um, Alright, before I start off the question, I just have to kiss your ass first. I love your podcast and your hands down my favorite host on the show. Me too. Uh, now that my sophomore year of college is done, I often listen to the show while I'm walking my dog, and hearing your input makes holding dog shit bearable. Uh, that's what I go for. Let's start off with my question. Good, good, place to, good place to start. Around February, I fucked up my wrist playing hockey. My dumbass thought it was a sprain, so when most of the pain went away three weeks later, I ditched the athletic tape. Uh, turns out there was still some minor pain, I knew something was up. My buddy who played baseball recognized it right away and thought it was a hairline fracture. Uh, yep, I finally got some x-rays after the school doctor, after the school doctors insisted it was nothing, and it was a full-on scaphoid fracture. I went to a real doctor, which is where I learned that I have to wear a cast for 12 weeks. Oh, dude, that sucks. That sucks. And let that be a lesson to any of you out there playing sports, where you just, you think, like, ah, my knee's a little tweaked, or oh, my wrist is sore. Like, you, you gotta get that shit checked out, you know? Like, that's how bad things happen. And you turn what you, your first injury probably was not a 12 weeks in the cast injury. You know, it was probably three, four weeks. But because you played with it, that's a 12 week injury now. Like exacerbating it makes it so much worse. That's what happened to Steven Stamkos. You're a hockey fan. You know about that with his blood clot. Uh, or even more so happened with Tyler Sagan after they brought him back uh, in like game two of round one against Minnesota or something like that. Like a bunch of retards. <laughs> um, but I hope... Tyler Sagan the best, because I really do like him. Uh, it's a shame he plays alongside Jamie Benn, that fucking asshole. Oh, I hate that dude. Um, anyway, around February, you fucked up your wrist. 12 weeks in the cast. Now I can't do as much outdoor activities with my fraternity, hunting, fishing, or other bullshit. I started hanging out with the actives who kind of just drink. Uh, don't get me wrong, these guys are mainly the funny fat guy personality, but it started to rub off on me. Except it wasn't the personality, it was more like accumulating mass like Mac and Always Sunny, except I couldn't do upper body exercises. It obviously has to do with my decreased exercise, but I think the bigger issue is all the alcohol I was drinking. I've gotten to that depressing point where I drank... I've gotten to that depressing point... Oh, I, I couldn't read that correctly. I've gotten to that depressing point where I drink over six a day... Thanks to the cheapness of Costco's 48-pack of Kirkland Light for $20, my tolerance to reach my final form has drastically increased. Um, this may come off as a as basic bitch. Uh, I'm slowly becoming an alcoholic and a fat ass. I know if someone were to say that to me, I would hit him. But even back home, outside the party environment, I would drink. Not even cold burns or handle-pulling liquor like Jim Leahy. Uh, but my dad's fucking collection secretly. I'm going back to school for summer classes and living in my fraternity. Now, usually this is a problem, but it's even 
a bigger problem since summer classes time is a complete joke where you get to go on road trips and get a B on that one class you're taking. I'm an engineering major, so I have to take this class if I want to graduate in four years. Um, after pledging, playing sports was for fun was kind of what distracted me from drinking like an idiot. Uh, that's... That, I mean, I'm not worried about you, dude, reading this. You're going to get right back into your old ways, I, I would hope. Um, with my cast, I really can't do anything. Hell, I can't even play video games unless it's RTS, but my micro suffers, so I'm not into it. Oh, that's aggravating. I feel that I can't stop, but ideas-wise, an environment where I'm stuck in it, it'll be fucking tough, especially with this cast. My buddy joked and said, hit the bong until the cast is gone, which was funny, but I'd still gain a shitload of weight if I was high, and plus being high when everyone else is drunk feels lame. Uh, I sadly already booked everything for our upcoming trick trips. I sadly already booked everything for our upcoming road trips like this summer. I guess you mean like fraternity trips, uh, like a float or something like that. I've been watching your content since I was in late middle school. I'm going to be a junior in college next fall. Holy shit! How long have I been making? <laughs> have I been making YouTube shit? <laughs> so many years of idiocy and misinformation just floating out there. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I knew you faced a similar problem. I've been watching your content since I was in late middle school. I'm going to be a junior in college next fall, and I knew you faced a similar problem where you drank after work and lost a bunch of weight. How did you stop? Uh, I know the obvious, which is just stop, and I've been sober for five days, but what alternative did you do to stop it? I won't on my f- I wrote on my phone, so sorry for all the typos. Anyways, keep up the great work. Um, first of all, with the activity shit, you seem like... Like, the guys, you even made the distinction right away, where you're like, hey, you know, I'm having a good time hanging out with the guys who just drink, you know? There's a difference in the group of people. You know, I had enough friends in fraternities that even when you'd go over there for parties and hanging out, there were different groups. There was a group who wanted to do something, even if that something involved drinking, it was like, hey, let's get drunk and go over to Stankowski Field and play Frisbee, or let's go, you know, oh, let's get like a soccer game going over there, and we can like pound some beers or something. Like, that That was a group, you know? They weren't just totally like, quote-unquote, athletes going out there practicing. They were still having fun drinking and whatnot, but they weren't the ones getting shit-faced obliterated on 1,400 calories of, you know, just empty alcohol calories, you know? The people who, as you said, just, quote, just drink. Um, So the fact that you're in that first group where you want to have fun, but you're active, you enjoy the activity, and you're actually longing to be able to get back to it really makes me not worried about you at all. Like, you're going to be okay. It sucks that you hurt your arm, um... It sucks that you're gaining weight, too. That's easy. Um, I guarantee the way that you are gaining weight is because you're you're drinking empty calories. Um, the easy the way I went from two... I was my heaviest ever. I was at 235. And I'm, I'm just like a, a cunt hair over six foot at 235. That's fat. That is fat. And if that's what you are, like, I'm sorry, but that's fat. Um, I, I, I'm in the process of losing a little bit of weight right now. Uh, because I just, I like to be where I'm most comfortable, and when you can start to see that fat encroaching, even if it's not, like, all over your body, you start to see see areas, you're like, oh, that's a that's a bigger thigh than there was a, a month ago, like, you know what I mean? But anyway, now we're talking about me again. It's my fucking podcast, talk about me if I want. Um, anywho, I would say you're gonna be okay uh, as soon as you get your cast off. It seems like you really want to get back into the physical act. Ast- aspects rather of being in a fraternity it seems like that's what drew you into it the most in the first place is that you like that camaraderie and the fun that you have there um 
as far as losing the weight, what I did and what will guaranteed work for you because your body is a machine based on physics, um, I cut out all liquid calories. That's all beer, all scotch, all whiskey, all orange juice, all non-diet soda, all sweet tea, all anything, not, you know, all liquid calories means all liquid calories. My one vice there was Diet Dr. Pepper, and that has no calories in it, and I drank as much of those as I fucking want, because that was my treat when I was losing all that weight. I love Diet Dr. Pepper, and I wasn't going to deprive myself of that. I love it. If you don't like diet soda, then even more power to you. Just stick to water or unsweetened tea, stuff like that. Cutting out 100% of liquid calories is going to make a fucking huge difference. Also, set a time at night where you will not allow yourself to eat. Will not allow yourself to eat. Set it for like 8 or 9 o'clock. You're in college, so I really think you could probably say 9 o'clock. You know, if it gets to be 9.15 and you're like, oh, shit, I'm hungry. Like, what I would do in that situation, and maybe nutritionally this is bad advice, but this is what I did, and I lost weight pretty fucking quick and pretty successfully. Um, I, I, if it was 9.15, I would be like, fuck, I'm so hungry. Well, I should have eaten earlier. I'll be really hungry in the morning. And I would sit with it and deal with being hungry. And if you do that long enough, eventually you're like, holy shit, uh, it's 8.30 right now. I'm going to eat a quick, you know, grill up a chicken breast real quick and make a fucking, throw some asparagus in a pan with some oil, something like that, and, and have a nice meal. Um, additionally, what's going to help you is not just cutting out liquid calories, but drinking a fuck ton more water. Way more water than you think you need. Uh, first of all, drinking very cold water lowers your core temperature, makes your body have to work harder, so expend more calories to lose weight. Eh? Eh? Uh, I don't really... That's true, but I don't really think it makes a difference at all. But I don't know. Um, mainly, I just like drinking really hot beverages and really cold beverages because I like the way my stomach feels when I have like a really cold beverage or a really hot beverage in there. I don't know why. Apparently, other people don't like that feeling. I always have. Um, <laughs> is that weird? I don't know. But... um. Yeah, drink a ton of water. You got to get back into physical shape once your arm is better because if you don't immediately get back into it, you are going to stagnate and become one of those quote-unquote guys who just drinks. Um, you know, I, I'm never one to advocate illegal drug use, but your friend offering to, you know, let you take a hit of the bong, you know, maybe, I mean, no, no calories in smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, don't do anything illegal, kids. That uh, that's it's against the law. Oh, anyway, sorry I spent so much time on that one, guys. So, baseline advice for you: cut out the liquid calories, drink a ton of water, and set a time at night that you will not allow yourself to eat afterward. Um, also, by it, it, cutting out liquid calories is like the the end all be all of it that will help you. But if you still want to drink with your friends, like that's fine. You can still drink. You just have to like. I'll treat it like it's uh, a donut, you know? Uh, you know, if you walk into work one morning and there's a big box of donuts and you eat a donut, you have to account the rest of the day being like, all right, well, that's 450 calories that I don't get to use today because I ate a donut and that's fine. Uh, if you want to have some drinks with your friends that night, be like, all right, I'm going to sit around during the game. I'll have, I don't know, three beers and that's 360 calories or whatever it is. And then you just kind of allot for that. Um, my fitness pal was what I used and that worked great. So I would recommend that very fucking highly. Let's get to one more. Ha-ta-ta. Hey Taylor, it's the guy who act, who asked about feminism last time. Just like to say, I appreciate the podcast. Holy 
fucking shit this is. Okay, I'm going to get to this one next time because this is the longest one I've ever seen. Oh, i got to find a shorter one. Okay. Um, hey, Taylor, my name is Evan, and I don't care if you share my name. I've been watching your videos ever since you first went on PKA, and you've always been hilarious. Thank you. That means a lot. Uh, lately, lately, I've been enjoying your stories from when you were younger with all your shenanigans. Uh, question, what is something from when you were younger uh, that when you think about it, you just cringe and feel bad about? Oh, man. This is such a hard question because I actively try and push those thoughts out of my mind. Um, huh. I'm trying to think. Oh, this was, ah, this was cringy and shitty. I was like 12 years old. And I was, like, the best at spelling in my 12-year-old class, I guess. And so they had me in the spelling bee, as you do with the best speller. And for some reason, I got made fun of from all the other kids in my class. No, I wasn't even 12 yet, was I? I guess I was 10, about to turn 11, maybe? I don't know, probably 10. And I got made fun of for being the one who got picked. Because the way they would do it is they'd have everybody stand up in front of the class. Like, it was like uh, the playoffs, for the spelling bee and so they'd have you know there were two there was uh two classes per grade and so they'd take all the fucking whatever grade i was fifth graders that year and be like everybody line up uh okay taylor spell butterfly and then i would spell butterfly and they'd be like okay joseph spell banana and then he'd fuck it up or something and they'd be like all right uh Kristen you spell banana and it was like every once in a while you'd come across a word like banana or because and you know with banana nobody knew at that age how many n's and how many a's and so it was just you know banana was just a bloodbath just bop, 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 machine gunning kids down um but I passed I made it through to the other side broke on through to the other side so to speak and um was standing up on the stage with Stage is very generous uh, for what it, what I'm describing, this this grade school spelling bee. Um, but it was all the sixth graders, all the fifth graders, all the fourth graders, all the third graders, all the way down to, I guess they started in first grade, and they had everybody compete against each other because every once in a while, a fucking like fourth grader would bring home the gold, I guess, but I never saw it happen. All the sixth graders always won because they learned to read the soonest. Uh, <laughs> and so I got up there, and they gave me a word that I thought was really easy, and I don't remember... I, I can't even explain it correctly, but I, and I don't remember why I did this, and I don't remember what the word was, but it was a word that I thought was really easy, even though other kids might think it was hard. And so I spelled it in, like, a really cunty, like, ugh, fucking idiots. Uh, thorough. T-A-T-H-O-I. And it just, like, what, what, like, I just spelled out whatever fucking word it was, and got it right but i just remember looking and seeing my mom in the crowd and her looking at me just shaking her head like what the hell is that why'd you make a fool of yourself out there acting like you're too cool for the spelling bee you're the one up there saying the letters making the word and you're acting like you're above this you're here you're here for the fucking ring pop bag just as much as anyone you little fuck um but i just i cringe looking back at that just thinking like what the fuck was i thinking that i was so cool that I could be smarmy about spelling, like, the word, you know, uh, Montana or something. I don't know. I don't know what. I, th- I just, I still think about that sometimes. And thankfully, it was long enough, I guess, 15 years ago now, that I don't really remember the scenery as much. And it's just, I have to really think specifically to how people looked at me. But, uh, and also, being 10 or 11 at the time, you get a lot of leeway when you're that age. 
Uh, you can you can do a lot of cringy stuff and not fully appreciate it. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll think of some better ones. It's I'll have to really delve. I'm gonna take a long shower later, and every time I shower, something always comes out that I'm trying to repress, you know. And so I'll just do that. Uh, anyway, that's it for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, check out the Patreon and the fucking Podbean download down there if you enjoy. Uh, thanks again for the support. I really enjoy uh, your guys' comments and feedback, and let's go Blues!